It's been 30 years since the first episode of Beverly Hills 90210. 30 years since we walked the halls of West Beverly High and since we all hung out at the Peach Pit. Relive it all with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling on their new podcast, 90210MG. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. Join them as they re-watch every episode of the beloved 90s TV show from the very beginning. Listen to 90210MG on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome in to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and today we do have some live golf to talk about. It's not necessarily the PGA Tour or the European Tour as we know it or as we knew it a few months ago, but there is live golf that we can talk about. And even more so, there are things to bet on, believe it or not. Um, So let's jump right into this because there was rampant speculation over the course of the past week or so about a potential match between... Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson taking on Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. Well, that news is now official and the name that they are using is Driving Relief. That is the name of the event because of the goal to donate money to different entities around this COVID-19 virus that we pandemic that we are in right now. So, uh, $3 million being pledged to American nurses foundation and the C I think it's the CFC or the CDC foundation. Sorry about that. Uh, a million dollars is being pledged by farmers insurance. And then there are just additional donations for COVID-19 relief. So as I mentioned, it's going to be Rory McIlroy, the world's number one player, Dustin Johnson, world's a former world number one player, teeing it up against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf in a charity skins match. So if you, we don't know the full details of the format yet, but presumably um, they will play best ball, right? Everyone will play their own ball and um, whatever, you know, whichever score is best for that team will count for the team. So Fowler makes a three, Rick uh, Wolf makes a four, that team will card a three. And then if the DJ Rory team, they card a four, Ricky and Wolf would win the skin. That is my assumption of how this is going to work. We have not had the format details uh, made official yet, but this will happen May 17th at Seminole Golf Club. Now, Seminole is probably a course you've heard of, uh, or you, you are at least aware of, but you haven't seen all that much. Uh, this is a course in Juno Beach, Florida. It's a private club, a 1929 Donald Ross design, and it's always one of the top 100 courses in the United States, always ranked in there. The thing is, this is the first golf broadcast we are ever going to get at Seminole. 
Uh, they've never hosted a televised PGA Tour event, any, anything. This is it. So we are going to lay our eyes on the beauty that is Seminole. And what is most interesting about this club, um, and I'm sure they will talk about it a ton on March on May 17th, excuse me, it's built on a rectangular plot, essentially. And the way that Donald Ross designed this is that every single hole is has a different wind direction. Okay, so every hole is just kind of uh, twisting around this rectangle so that you are getting, you're not getting you know, all nine holes in one direction, nine holes in another, and you're just playing two types of winds. You're playing every different wind. And Juno Beach can get kicking. Uh, the winds, if it starts to kick up at Juno Beach, like you are, this course could play pretty difficult. So very much looking forward to seeing what comes out of this. Now, they will uh, abide by strict uh, CDC and social distancing guidelines. Uh, now, we don't really know what that means in the world of professional golf at this point, but some things that you might see will be uh, either the cups being flipped upside down, probably not that, maybe just like a little tube in the, in the bottom of the cup, where essentially, uh, if you haven't seen this yet, the ball goes in the hole, and then instead of actually dropping down two and a half inches or three inches, and you have to dig your hand in there to get it, um, it actually just kind of pops it up, and it's still, you know, a, a quarter of it is sticking out of the hole. It doesn't drop all the way down. So you can easily just kind of pick your ball out of the cup without touching anything else. Uh, they might play with flag sticks in uh, the entire time. There will probably be no rakes in the bunkers, although... That is more of an issue that tours will have to look at um, when we get back to a full field event. When you're playing with only four guys on the course, probably doesn't matter if they rake the bunker or not, quite frankly. You can have somebody come do it later. So uh, I suspect there will be no um, no rakes in any of the bunkers. There might be very little high-fiving. I don't know. They might not do high-fives. They might not do handshakes. They might do elbow bumps or something like that. But it'll be interesting to see some of the precautions that will take place on May 17th at Seminole for this event. What's also interesting is the production of this event is happening mostly off-site. So Mike Tarico is the, is the host of this. He's going to be at home, okay? He's not going to be at Seminole. He's not going to be on site. There will be analysts that are in a production facility that is not at Seminole. And there will only be uh, what it appears to be two on-course reporters on site to feed all that information back to the production facility, back to Mike Tirico, which sounds kind of crazy. Um, but you have to remember, this is how PGA Tour Live works. PGA Tour Live, the, the engine of that, the brains of that run out of a studio in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, they're not traveling from event to event. They're only sending, I don't know the full number, but you know, you've got your rovers, you've got your on-course rovers, you've got a producer probably on site, but it's a much smaller team. They're not traveling every single week. They're just going back and forth from the studio to on site. And I, I, I believe that a lot of you might not even know that that is happening. So that the, the seamless transition is usually pretty good. Now I will say, Things like this, events like this, where now they might, they're going to be able to, uh, hopefully this goes well, and you're going to be able to see, okay, they can do the production of this from offsite, no problem. 
that bodes well for the future of golf. Not only in the short term of when golf comes back that you don't need as many people on site. Uh, you don't need a bunch of technicians there. You don't need a, a huge production company there if a lot of it can be done off site. Uh, but also just in, in terms of like, hey, keep expenses down, right? We don't have to travel with 200 people in a production team. We can do a lot of it from a studio. Maybe we can now invest in cameras on every hole and every green and point them and control them with robots and control them remotely. Like these are the things that I'm hoping comes out of this in the same way that you might be working from home right now. Uh, you know, your, your office uh, might be working on Zoom and, and 99% remote and things like that. And I think hopefully a lot of bosses and a lot of companies are realizing that a lot of this work can be done remotely. It doesn't have to be done in a cubicle next to other people. So I, I'm hoping that in the same way that I think a lot of businesses and managers and um, companies are going to realize that they may not need everybody on site, I believe that golf production may also go that same way. Now, uh, a lot of the questions I was getting about this event was like, why these guys? What do Rory, DJ, Ricky, and Matt Wolf have in common? You don't hear a lot of stories about them being like best buddies all over the place. Uh, but the common tie here is the TaylorMade, you know, team TaylorMade. Uh, Rory, DJ, Wolf all play the clubs. Ricky is a Puma Cobra guy, but he plays TaylorMade balls, I believe. So that is the uh, that is the TaylorMade connection. Also, in a world where travel is now very difficult, uh, having guys who are centrally, centrally located in Florida makes this a lot easier. So these guys aren't going to have to be traveling all over the place. They're just going to be down there uh, teeing it up as this is essentially a an extension of a, of a team tailor-made event. I think the, a couple of real logical questions come out of this. Um, May 17th, what type of, what caliber of golf are we going to see? Uh, quite frankly, you know, just as of last week, I believe it was, Rory McIlroy said he's he just picked up a golf club for the first time in seven weeks. He took basically seven weeks off without touching a club. Uh, there's a lot of videos coming out about, uh, you know, Shane Lowry was on the course uh, chunking chips like I would, sculling them, chunking them. He's just out of practice. That will all come, but I wonder what type of shape and what type of condition these guys' games are going to be in. Now, We've seen a lot of Ricky Fowler on social kind of during this hiatus. We've seen him playing with Justin Thomas a lot. We've seen him playing well. We've also seen him, seen them in scrambles. We've seen him playing left-handed. So it appears that Ricky is at least adjacent to a lot of golf being played. Uh, he might be the guy who's most in golf shape. I don't know much about what DJ and Matt Wolf have been up to, but uh, will be interesting to see how they play. They might not play very well. It might be a very rusty match, which I think is why the, the, the best ball format helps here. Uh, you know, only one guy has to play a whole well at a time. Uh, if you, if you make a double, it's not necessarily the worst thing if your partner is able to pick you up. But really to me, this feels a lot like a practice run, um, a practice run for June 11th when the PGA tour is still scheduled to return. Uh, the PGA Tour has a big hand in this event, not necessarily like the Tiger Phil match. The Tiger Phil match that we've seen in the past and we'll see again uh, soon. We don't have a date for that yet. We'll talk about that. Um, 
that's not necessarily a PGA Tour event. This one feels a lot more like a PGA Tour event where they've the PGA Tour has a, a lot of control, a lot of say, a lot of a lot of things going into it. So to me, this is a practice run. This is, you know, assuming everything goes well, I understand it'll be a, a much smaller group of golfers. You're only going to have four golfers playing as opposed to 144 when we get back to, you know, full field events, for example. But um, I think this is a, a practice run and, and getting those guys uh, in shape, making sure the production runs smoothly, no big hiccups. It's a very small trial for the PGA Tour. So I'm interested to see, obviously, how it shapes up. Now that doesn't, you know, a one-off event is one thing, right? The, the tour has, has to have concerns about travel, for example, you know, they're, they're going to put a, put together a very aggressive schedule coming back. Uh, and it's already been released and still on as, as, as of recording this, there's been no additional changes to then, then to what we have covered in the past about the PGA tour. But, um, the word, the tour that, that it travels, this event doesn't travel. So we'll see how they handle this event. And then if uh, kind of precautions or different things will uh, be handled for the actual traveling of these, of these guys over the course of the next couple of months. Now there are no odds out, or at least odds that I could find on this event, maybe because we don't even know the format necessarily yet. We have an idea of what it's going to be, but in most places you would have to think that Rory and DJ would be heavy favorites here. Uh, now heavy favorites in a golf best ball skins game type situation is probably minus 210, something like that. Minus 200, minus 210. They, you know, the math on that would say they win it about two thirds or 70% of the time, something like that. Um, they're just better players, right? I mean, Rory himself by far, uh, the best player in the world. I don't think it's all that close DJ who we've not seen as good of golf, uh, played from him by his own standards over the course of the last six months or so. I do think he's one of the guys that probably benefits most from time off. You know, he was, he had a a knee procedure done at the end of last year. He was still trying to get his, you know, shake his own rust off. Um, it's one thing to try to do that in competition every single week. It is a completely different thing to try and do it, uh, you know, where you have, where you have plenty of time and multiple weeks to take off and you don't have any, any, any event on the calendar. So I do think buying low, buying stock low on DJ right now, buying stock low on Brooks Kepka right now, guys that are similarly ilked, uh, in situations is beneficial to me. Uh, Ricky, you know, Ricky's now, he's played okay. He's down to, I think, 27th, 28th in the world ranking. It's one of the lowest, you know, worst rankings we've seen from him uh, in recent memory. You know, he's kind of, he was kind of a staple in the top 15 for a really long time, or at least in the top 20, has kind of fallen out of that. Uh, Matthew Wolf, I think we all understand, is a really good up-and-coming player who will face challenges. Uh, he's going to be inconsistent. He already captured a victory at the 3M Classic last year. Um, did it in marvelous fashion, you know, making a, an Eagle putt on 18 to win it. Um, we know what the game's going to be for him, or at least we can project that he, you know, he could very well be the next Dustin Johnson once he gets everything else kind of honed in because he has a weapon in the bag. That is the, the, the big stick. Um, 
you know, he's an unbelievable driver of the golf ball. He's unbelievable off the tee, which kind of leads me to, even though I think Ricky and Wolf would be pretty significant underdogs in this format and in uh, against Rory and DJ, they do have two skill sets that go a long way. Uh, Matthew Wolf off the tee, one of the best off the tee players, quite frankly, in the world, statistically speaking. Um, he can put you in a lot of really good positions all day long, right? Where he can just kind of hit a bunch of wedges in and see if he can roll putts in. Um, if it was a scramble, this would be great. But if it's, if it's best ball, he's supposed to play his own ball, but he, really good elite guy. He can get hot. And then Ricky Fowler with the flat stick, that is exactly what you want in match play. You know, when we, when we cut or in a skins game like this, you know, we talk all the time. We talked about it for the president's cup. We'll talk about it for the Ryder cup. We'll talk about it for WGC match play, whatever it is. Being a hot putter is a very dangerous weapon in that format. Uh, not only can you just get hot and start rolling in every 25 footer over the course of 18 holes, but being the first guy in, in match play, having your ball in the hole and your score already accounted for is a huge advantage in match play. So if you're in for a three or you're in for a four and you're, and your opponent is putting, you know, a 10 footer to match that. That is a, a, a much higher pressure situation. You want to be the first guy in the hole, and Ricky Fowler can be the first guy in the hole in a lot of situations. And also, you know, we talk about volatility all the time on this show. We talk about the volatility over four rounds of golf can be anything. Anything can happen over four rounds of golf. Um, Adam Long can win an event. Sebastian Munoz wins events. Cameron Champ wins events guys putt like crazy or they chip in five, five times around. Like it, it, you, we've seen crazy things happen. Now you shrink it down to one day, you shrink it down to 18 holes and you add in the pressure of kind of like a skins game match play situation. Things might be weird because guys haven't played all that much or you're leaving the flag stick in. It might throw them off like so much volatility in this event. So really interested to see how this all shakes out. We will find out May 17th, Seminole Golf Club uh, in Juneau Beach, Florida. We're certainly looking forward to that. Another event we're looking forward to, Tiger versus Phil Part 2. We don't have as many details about that event, but we have a lot of bets that have been posted. It's almost like the Super Bowl, the types of props that you can bet. We're going to talk about that match, and we will go through some of the more interesting props after these ones. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm Rick Gaiman, and at the top of the show, we started talking about some of these alternative forms of golf that we're seeing. Now, in previous weeks, we talked about the mini tours and how those are being uh, infiltrated with Corn Ferry Tour and potentially PGA Tour golfers um, trying to stay fresh for the return of the PGA Tour season. So this is just like absolute peak time for mini tours at the moment. Uh, what What is next up in the golfing ecosystem are these one-off matches. Uh, particularly something like Tiger versus Phil, but also the newly announced uh, Driving for, I'm sorry, Driving Relief is the event name that they're going with. Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson playing a charity skins match versus Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. Um, This is kind of the evolution of this. Uh, As golf is returning, these are kind of just a cup of coffee or an appetizer before we get back to the entree that is PGA Tour back, you know, up and running. So we are getting our feet wet here. Now, uh, we talked a lot through that uh, that match with Rory, DJ, Ricky, and Wolf at the top of the show. I want to focus our attention on Tiger versus Phil Part Two, um, and I mentioned. This is not necessarily a PGA Tour event. These are these ki- these guys kind of going out and doing their own thing, uh, which actually, the fact that the 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 Rory DJ Ricky Wolf I should just start calling it the driving relief match. The fact that that is kind of a PGA Tour event has me really optimistic about golf returning June 11th. Uh, I I know that that's been on the schedule. But I know that we've had this conversation like, is it really going to happen? You know, we had return dates on the schedule before. I am much more like right or wrong, however you feel about this, whatever the science says, I think golf's coming back June 11th. Like, I, I just think that's happening. So, and I think that this May 17th match, the driving relief match is an indication of that. Now, um, Tiger versus Phil, we don't have a date on this. We don't have a course on this yet, but it is official. Uh, Tiger will actually partner with Peyton Manning, and Phil will actually partner with Tom Brady, uh, both who we've seen a little bit of their game. We've probably seen more of, of Peyton Manning's game than we have of, of Tom Brady's game. Uh, Peyton plays a lot of the, the pro-ams. Uh, Eli plays them as well. Like we, we see these guys a bit more. Tom Brady... I think we know he's a pretty good golfer. We know he's a good athlete, obviously, but we don't get to see him play as much. Now, even with that being said, we have odds on this that you can get depending on what your offerings at your sports book are. 
you can get odds on this match and then there are a ton of props that i think are kind of hilarious kind of fun to talk through and, and i want to just point out a few of them uh for us here and this this also is for for charity um it would be a really bad look i think in a time where we are at historic unemployment and a lot of people are laid off and a lot of things are shut down if tiger and phil went back and played for another eight nine ten million dollars to for their own pockets i don't necessarily think that would be the best look and uh they obviously realize that so this is money going to charity tiger and peyton manning are the favorites in this event they are listed at minus 240 with phil and tom brady being plus 200 we have no idea like handicapping this is almost a fool's errand uh but it's very possible that the tiger peyton team has both of the best two players like tiger's better than phil i think that's pretty consensus right now considering if you just look at the world rankings um and then presumably peyton who has been retired for a few years has had more time to play golf is probably in a better golfing situation than tom brady is who's now going over to a new team he's, he's joining the, the the tampa bay buccaneers there's a lot of things that go on with new routines and figuring all that out i don't know i'm gonna assume he hasn't played a lot of golf so it's there is a good chance that the top two players are on the same team here which actually if you go back and look at that 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 driving relief match rory and dj might are probably the best two players so maybe you know i said the odds of that i said the line on that was probably minus 210 Maybe it's minus 240. Maybe it's closer to this Tiger Peyton Manning line than it is on the line that I set kind of randomly at the top of the show. So pretty interesting there. Uh, I'm not sure I'm betting this again. We don't even know the format. We don't know the format. We don't know the course. Um, But I guess if you give me Tiger versus Phil, I guess I'll take the Tiger side of this. Uh, But there are so many props here. This might as well be the Super Bowl for props, which is pretty great. Um, you can bet will Peyton Manning hit the fairway on hole number one? Yes is minus one fifty. No is minus one ten. Pretty crazy considering we don't even know how. Like if they play Kapalua, which they're obviously not going to do, they're going to play some course in Florida, I assume. Uh, but if they played Kapalua and it's a hundred yards wide, yeah, he's going to hit the fairway. If they play somewhere else and it's super tight, like we probably need to know the course uh, before we start making any judgments on this. But what I think that is. Um, is a pretty good indication of of Manning's game. The other thing is, Brady, you can bet the same thing. Will he hit the fairway on hole number one? Uh, It's even. So there's a lot of juice here, but both sides are minus 120. So already books are thinking Peyton is at least more accurate off the tee than Tom Brady is. Uh, So that should be advantage Peyton's team. Uh, There's also one further down, the longest drive on hole number one. Manning is minus 150 versus Tom Brady's plus 110. So if the books are right, and I assume they've done their research here, uh, at least off the tee, Manning is not only more accurate, but longer than Tom Brady is. Uh, I guess the same would be said for Tiger. I mean, Phil hits bombs now, but Tiger's still pretty long. Uh, Phil's all over the place off the tee. So that might just be an indication of how much better Peyton Manning is than Tom Brady is that every time there's kind of like a similar uh, prop, Manning's the the big time favorite there. So um, 
I don't know if I'll actually bet these, but I'm using them as kind of indicators of, of how good we expect these golfers to be. Here's one. Will Tiger wear red? This is almost like the halftime show of the Super Bowl. What, what will this, the, uh, the singer wear? Will it be a dress? Will it be pants? Will it be whatever, right? Like what will Tiger wear? Will he wear red? Now, what I think about this is, I, I don't know how they grade this. Is red, red shirt? What if he wears a red shirt and a sweater? Because it's a nippy morning. Who knows? Uh, but it's almost a lock that he wears red here, right? Minus 600. What other color is he going to wear? This seems just like an absolute lock. I think if you go back to Tiger versus Phil, he wore red. He's wearing red, people. Lay, lay, the, lay, the, lay the 600. Uh, here's a funny one. Total commercials that Peyton Manning will appear in over the course of the telecast. Now, the line is one and a half. So he needs to be in two to hit the over. Um, we don't know what the like the broadcasting aspect of this is, how many commercial breaks they're going to go to, but this is an absolute time where nationwide and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm blanking on all of Peyton's sponsorships, but he's like sponsored by everybody uh, that he shows up in two of these commercials. That's an absolute lock pound the over one and a half. Here's one that I thought the line was wrong. What will Phil wear during the match? Uh, and it, it, states on the first hole so if he changes later um but visor is minus 300 and hat is plus 200 it's a hat right like when is the last time we've seen phil wear a visor uh i went back and just looked at like the ap photos um like the media guide photos from like every every recent tournament that phil's played and we have not seen him in a visor in a while uh and it's not like there's, it's not like it's saying he's going to wear shorts or pants, right? He, he can't, he can wear a visor on the PGA tour if he wants to, there's nothing stopping him from doing that. So he wears a hat because that's what he wears. I'm getting plus odds on hat. Yeah. I don't I don't even understand how this is a bet. Give me, give me the hat side. Um, so what we have to do, like, there's so much to still figure out about this match. Presumably the date and the course would help. Um, you know, by the time you're watching this, it's probably going to be multiple weeks from now, but before the return of, of the PGA tour, I would assume, uh, cause they need some time to promote it, I guess. Like they're not just going to drop this and be like, okay, we're playing tomorrow. It's going to be like, okay, a week out, two weeks out. So we'll see. And if it, and if it ends up being before or after driving relief, uh, that's interesting. But I, I want to talk more about the format and how this really should work because Tiger versus Phil part one was fine, but could have been a lot better. Um, it seems like everyone had their hands in it. There was just too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, there were reports that like the PGA tour didn't want them betting too much, you know, just like one bet on the front and one bet on the back. That's not all that fun. You want to hear, you want to, you want Phil to be greenside and Tiger being like, I bet you can't get it up and down from there, right? Like that's what I want to see. Um, if they're kind of limited in that or handcuffed, uh, it ends up being kind of a worse product. Now, what I don't think a lot of people realized when we got Tiger versus Phil part one is that when you have two golfers on the course, there's a lot of downtime and there's a lot of silence. Think about this. They both tee off and they both walk 300 yards. And if they're not next to each other in the fairway, 
they're walking in two direction, two directions. Um, so like you're not even hearing them converse with one another. You're just watching two guys walk, which I don't know about you. Not necessarily, uh, my favorite entertainment is watching two golfers walk to their ball. So my point is there's a lot of downtime. It will be helped a little bit by Peyton Manning. It'll be helped a little bit by Tom Brady. I think especially Manning. So Manning can play host in this, which I think is necessary. Tiger, yeah, he's good at the quips, but he's not like a great host. Phil, yeah, he can host a little bit, but I think, you know, he's still trying to play to the best of his ability. Not that Manning is not, but Manning could absolutely be the host here. He could be the glue that gets all the conversation going, which I think is really valuable in this format. And I also think just having twice as many people, like, listen, if you have mics on all four of these guys, there's just more you're going to pick up. It's just an odds game. What I also thought they could do is um, if they were ever going to do this again, and and I think the, the you know, COVID-19, the pandemic kind of... Um, kind of force this to happen right now and to happen in this downtime. But I thought if, if there was going to be a Tiger and Phil again, that there should have been a, like other guys playing. There could have been an undercard. So it could have been Rory versus DJ. It could have been Ricky versus Spieth or JT or whatever, right? Like you could have had three other matches going on so that when Tiger and Phil were walking to their ball, you could cut to Rory and DJ. And that would still be great entertainment. Um, or you could cut to you know three matches. If you get three or four matches out there, there's probably someone hitting most of the time, uh, which I think is what you what you want in this scenario. And then and then you kind of get like I mean Patrick Reed could be involved. Like you could get really compelling personalities going up against one another in this format in a match play format for a lot of money. Like we've never seen them before. Like this is a really cool thing that should be expanded on and it's very easy to do make it like a boxing card make it like a ufc card you have a main event you've got some undercards you know the 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 bottom undercard could be two rookies right or two amateurs got two up-and-coming guys from college maybe i guess not do it for money obviously uh but like something like that right like you could do a card i think it would be really cool uh also what i thought we missed out on last time was the opportunity to innovate so when you have a lot of people watching and a lot of downtime and only two people on the course, you can innovate. What we hear all the time about production is like, and this is correct. Don't get me wrong. There's 150 golfers on the course over acres and acres. And you don't know what's going to be a good shot. What's going to be a bad shot until it happens. So it's so hard to produce golf. Well, when you only have two guys on the course, let's do some fun stuff. Let's where are the drones at? Like, let's get drones out there. Let's get innovations, cameras in unique spots that we've never seen before angles that we've never seen before. Like this was the opportunity to innovate. I just didn't think that that necessarily happened as much as it should have for tiger versus Phil part one. I'm hoping tiger versus Phil part two is better. I mean, there were so many announcers for the first one. I think TNT was broadcasting it. They had guys on the course. They had everybody in the booth, right? Like Charles Barkley. It was like, it was, it was NBA. It was NBA on TNT in the booth. And there's four guys there. And then there's three guys on the, on the course. And there's two other guys are throwing it too. And it just felt like everyone needed to have their, their time when really the time could have been focused on Phil tiger, what they're saying, cool new features, camera angles, stats, 
throw the bets up there, uh, a longest drive hole, a closest to the pin hole, like how we bet on golf as golfers on the course, that should have been a thing. That should have been a thing. So we'll see how they do it um, in, 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 you know, part two of this tiger versus Phil two. Uh, I think there should be bets on every hole, whether it is not necessarily a skins match, but here yeah, on this hole, it's closest to the pin. Uh, on the next hole, it's the longest drive. On the hole after that, it's, um, I don't know, yeah, closest approach or uh, bingo, bango, bongo or a Nassau or like, I don't know. We would, we, you should be able to figure this out. There are obviously much brighter minds than mine uh, putting this production on. So Tiger versus Tiger and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Tiger and Manning uh, minus 240 to Phil and Brady's plus 200. That is a similar line to what I think the driving relief odds would be, which is Rory and DJ being the favorites against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. So we've got uh, a few appetizers. I think that there are opportunities to expand on all of this. I'll give you uh, one example on the other side of, of uh, another way that golfers are trying to uh, participate in this and tours are trying to participate in this. And then I want to cover at least a little bit of news that is coming out of the PGA Tour and the world of golf in relation to eligibility, in relation to tour cards. Because these are things that are act, are very much going to impact the way that we watch golf and we enjoy golf and the guys, the golfers that we see out there. So I'll get to that. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And it's been quite a show thus far. We actually have some live, real golf to talk through. Uh, Not necessarily PGA Tour just yet. Hang on a few more weeks. We should be back to getting some PGA Tour action. But uh, Driving Relief is an event that is going to help uh, a lot of uh, the COVID-19 relief funds, Uh, The PGA Tour is partnering with uh, sponsors and a lot of organizations to put on a skins event between Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, who will team up to take on Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. So very much looking forward to that. It'll be May 17th at Seminole. Uh, 
which is in Florida. Now, additionally, uh, we don't have a date and time on it yet, but the Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady match still floating out there. We, we don't have a, a date. We don't have a course. We have odds. I went through some of the odds. The Tiger, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning are the pretty significant favorites in that match without knowing the course, the date, or even the format to this point. But they are going to be favored. We're seeing a lot of tours and a lot of organizations get really creative during this golf hiatus. The European tour, um, they're always creative. You know, if you follow along on their social media, they're always doing innovative things that I honestly, I think are some of the best around better than the PGA tours, social media presence. Um, they do a lot of really, you know, they get their players to buy into this stuff. They do little skits. They do little acts, funny, funny videos. They do challenges, you know, getting someone, uh, giving a pro golfer 500 chances to make a hole in one. And filming all of those is a real roller coaster of emotion. So the European tour always finds a way to do really creative things. And they just recently announced another creative thing they're going to be doing, which is holding virtual tournaments. And what that's going to look like is golfers on the European tour using uh, the TrackMan system to play tournaments against one another. There are five one round tournaments that are being hosted by TrackMan. Uh, the headlining players include Martin Keimer, Just Luton, Mike Lorenzo Vera, Lee Westwood, and Bernd Wiesberger, as they will take on each other uh, at courses, virtual courses, I should say, like St. Andrews, uh, Royal Portrush, Valderrama, Wentworth, for example. And the winner uh, for the week will earn $10,000 to the charity of their choice. So uh, the European tour always doing great things. Any amount of money that is donated, if you donate $1 out of your pocket to really any fund, you should be commended for that. So this is a great thing the European tour is doing. What I also think it does though, is it shines a light on the very stark contrast between the PGA tour and the European tour and potentially their future. The PGA tour has such uh, loyal and well-paying sponsors that they are able to essentially muster up, you know, muster up millions of dollars for a charity event. And the, the prize for the European tour is $10,000. Now I know that's coming from sponsors and it's way different, but that is a stark contrast. And there's already a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a gray cloud, but a little bit of concerns over the European tour. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, there was a spokesman who was saying the European tour is going to look a lot different moving forward. You know, we might have smaller prize pools or purses, excuse me. We might have, um, we might have events that we play two events back to back at the same course, um, to help relieve, you know, uh, travel concerns and, and things like that. The European tour, as great as it is, um, is in a really difficult position, especially in terms of travel. They, the PGA tour, they've got travel issues too, but the European tour to go 
what they do is, you know, they go country to country almost, almost every single week. Um, that is a really difficult thing to be doing when there are potentially travel restrictions in place from country to country. Uh, not just all within one country, like the United States might be able to get away with. Um, so it's going to put in such a logistical concern and issue that I really don't think it is out of the realm of possibilities to wonder how the European tour will come back from this. Uh, obviously I think, I think it'll be just fine, but I think they're like, you know, maybe it's 5%, 10% of the time, this doesn't go well for the European tour and they're not able to financially make it. Uh, I think one of the big things, uh, that people don't realize is the European tour is generally funded, uh, by like what comes out of the Ryder cup, like the Ryder cup money. Well, if there's no Ryder cup this year, (laughs) they're not getting that money. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just such a long time to be burning cash without seeing much in return that you wonder about the future of some of these smaller tours. And you also wonder if it opens up the possibilities for, I'm, let me say that I'm wildly speculating there. I've heard zero reports of this. I've not heard anyone say it. This is just wild speculation on my, on, on my own behalf. If, if, if the PGA tour wouldn't consider buying the European tour, purchasing it out and kind of using it as a sub tour in the, in the way that they have the corn Ferry tour, the in the way that they have uh, PGA tour, Latino America, the McKenzie tour in Canada, if this, the champions tour, if this is not an opportunity for the PGA tour to get more involved in the European tour, and that might be good or bad. I don't know. They might turn it into a product that is no good. I, I have no idea. There's there's a lot of differences between the two tours, but that might ensure the Europeans tours not only survival but thriving. You want it thriving moving forward. Um, it would really create a world tour, which I think is something that a lot of people have considered. A lot of people have written about. A lot of people have talked about. Is this world tour where you know, there really are no bounds geographically. Uh, you're not earning some points on the European tour and some points on the PGA tour. It's all one big thing. It's the world tour. So we might be laying the foundation of, of that. Um, and then also we're getting more and more news about how the PGA tour and other tours are going to deal with logistics when they come back. So for example, the PGA tour and the corn Ferry tour recently released how they're going to deal with eligibility and tour cards, uh, for this season. So from what I understand, and there's a lot of intricacies into this, but from what I understand, no PGA tour player will lose their tour status this year. Okay. So that is the PGA tour doing right by its players on the PGA tour and saying, okay, things have been weird. You've lost, we've lost a lot of events for this season. Um, we're, we're cobbling it all together. You are not at risk of losing your tour status this year. So that is a big, big win for PGA tour players because there was going to be, I mean, we were going to look at it and say, okay, when, when the PGA tour starts back up June 11th, fingers crossed, there was going to be a race for FedEx cup points in the, in the, a sprint for the last 
you know, however many events uh, to get a, to, to keep your card, essentially, to get into the tour championship, to get deep into the playoffs, to keep your card. That's no longer going to be necessary because you're no longer at risk of losing your card this season. Now, on the flip side of that, with with the benefit of um, guys, or I shouldn't even say the benefit, with nobody losing their tour card on the PGA Tour, there are not spots available for the Corn Ferry Tour players. So what was also announced is that there will not be the 25 tour cards earned at the end of the Corn Ferry Tour finals for the PGA Tour this year. Every year, this the top 25 guys at the finals, they get their tour card, they get to play on the PGA Tour next year. Not going to happen this year. Uh, instead, the top 10 of the standings on the Corn Ferry Tour are going to be eligible to play alternate events on the PGA Tour. So that means the events that are opposite the majors and the WGC. So you're talking like Barracuda Championship, Corrales Punta Cana, um, Barbasol Championship, I believe is one. Like whatever is running opposite of those major events in the same week. Um, Puerto Rico Open, is that one? I want to say it is. So they're el- the Corn the Ferry Tour Top 10 are eligible to play those events, but that is not necessarily being met with great optimism. So I actually was able to interview a few Corn Ferry Tour players. I happened to be interviewing them when this news broke kind of thing or the day after. So um, this isn't why we were talking, uh, but it was one of the things that came up. And Dylan Wu, who is currently you know top five in, in Corn Ferry Tour standings, made an unbelievably good point that I didn't even consider. And he should, I mean, he should, he's, he's the guy who's, this is impacting his livelihood. Um, basically, even if you are in the top 10 of the corn Ferry tour, you might not want to take those six events on the PGA tour and go play them. You might want to skip them. And the rationale is that if you go and play those six events on the PGA tour, yes, the money's much better. If you finish T6, you're making a lot more money than you might make in a, in a lot of situations on the Corn Ferry Tour. But to earn your tour card, your PGA Tour card, in six starts, you're probably going to have to win one of them. And if not win one of them, you're going to have to earn a lot of money to earn enough points and to make enough money to get that tour card. It's very unrealistic for that to happen. So really what you'd rather do is if you were one of those 10 guys, you would rather skip the PGA events that you're eligible to play in and go play the Corn Ferry Tour events those weeks and earn as many Corn Ferry Tour points as possible for next season. So what they're going to do is they're going to have this massive wraparound year, okay, where, you know, just like the PGA Tour, there's going to be a ton of events. They're going to start right away and there's not going to be any break when we come back. Um... You would rather want to be one of the top 25 after that season to ensure you get your tour card for the entire year. So it's kind of like a a bet that these guys have to make on themselves. They have to bet, hey, can I go up and in six starts on the PGA Tour do enough damage or make enough money to make it worth it to miss six starts worth of points on the Corn Ferry Tour, which might be the ticket to get my tour card for an entire year 
if I just wait one more year. So it is a really kind of sticky, interesting situation that these guys are being put into uh, with so much unknown and without everything. So we're going to see how that pans out, but it appears as if the corn fairy guys, the corn fairy tour guys, I don't want to say they got shortchanged because it's not like, you know, anything like they had, like they had to be given something. They had to be given these opportunities, but it's a shame that there's not going to be 25 players that are coming out of the corn fairy tour this year to get their full tour cards, because those have been such good stories over the years. Um, you know, you always hear Jason day graduated from the corn fairy tour. It was the what web.com at the time, but like those 25 guys are young up and coming studs, you know, Scotty Scheffler, Sung J M like, like, these guys are fun. We're, we're, we're going to be a year behind on those guys, which is a little bit unfortunate. There's not going to be as much turnover on the PGA tour next season. Um, which means we're not going to have a lot of these. It's going to be, you know, the same guys. Uh, we're not going to have new names for fantasy. We're not going to have as many new names to bet on. So it will be really interesting to see how all of this plays out in a few months, six months, 18 months, as we go through the different kind of, uh, phases of this return. And then finally, I want to talk about one other topic that seems to be a very hot topic about the Ryder cup and about whether fans will be allowed there. And the general consensus, it appears with players or players who have played in Ryder cups before is if there are no fans, the Ryder cup should not be played. I am very much up in the air on this. Um, originally, I thought, okay, you know what? That makes sense. You know, the fans are such a big part of the Ryder Cup. It'll be weird if there's not any fans there. I, I think maybe they should just postpone it to next year or just until fans are allowed to come back again. And then I started, to thinking, started thinking about it again and thinking about the ramifications to the European tour. Uh, thinking about just like, things are already so weird. We're trying so hard to get back to normal. And I think that even without fans getting events on the schedule again, seeing a Ryder cup, being able to say there was a Ryder cup in whatever year, 2021, um, being able to say that that existed instead of getting canceled or postponed or whatever, I think is really, really good for getting back to normal. And in theory, it is one of the safer uh, events they could put on because there'll be so few golfers there. I mean, a, a full PGA Tour field, 156 guys or whatever, doesn't even compare to, uh, you know, tw 12 guys on each team, 24 players, caddies. Like, it's a much smaller situation. You would think it would be uh, a much safer situation. So I think... I think they should really play it. I'm now firmly on board of fans or not. It's going to be weird without fans the first time we see golf. We're going to get used to it two weeks in. The second week, there's no fans. Or the second day, there are no fans. We're going to be like, okay, yeah, okay. Because there's not like it's going to be empty grandstands, right? They're not going to put up grandstands for nobody to show up. You're not even going to notice there aren't any fans there. I feel the same way for the Ryder Cup. By the time the Ryder Cup gets here, it will be normal to have sporting events with no fans. I think what is more normal is that we should have that event and we should continue to press on. All right. That's it for me. 
This has been Golf Betting On Demand. We're talking about all these skins matches and one-off appetizers before we get the PGA Tour uh, back in action. We're close. It feels like we're really close. Fingers crossed that we can uh, do this safely and get back to action on June 11th. Uh, tweet at me, at Rick Run Good. Again, this is Golf Betting On Demand. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.